Well, good evening, folks, and uh, welcome into the webinar here. I am tuning in with you guys from uh, beautiful Northern Virginia, and uh, I say it's beautiful, but it's also a little bit chilly here. Um, so it's, uh, man, interesting season, interesting season of life as far as home inspection goes, as far as the real estate market goes. And I've been blessed to work as a home inspector in the Northern Virginia community for uh, the better part of the past seven years. So uh, it, this is really the one thing I love about Northern Virginia, especially the Washington, D.C. metro area, is that uh, you kind of get a sampling of the greater real estate market, trends that you start to see around the rest of the nation. They kind of hit here in a big way. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty exciting. The politics behind everything that happens, um, you get, well, on top of that, you get houses that are just from all different, I mean, varieties and different styles. It's it's exciting. I mean, you can inspect on the same day in Northern Virginia, you can inspect a house that is a old Queen Anne Victorian, and then you can walk into a brand new construction townhouse. It's pretty, pretty neat. But um, anyway, today we are going to be talking about how to get through a slow season. So I want to introduce myself first. Uh, I am Brad Lowry, and let me share my screen here for the PowerPoint. So yeah, so we are going to be talking about how the market might be slow, but during this time, you really shouldn't be. This is really the time that you could be maximizing uh, the time available in order to build for a rebound as soon as the market starts to take off in your neck of the woods. So again, a little bit about me. Um, Seven-year career in the Washington, D.C. metro region. Uh, I started, actually, this wasn't my original job. I actually used to work with students, high school students, middle school students, and uh, that was down in Florida. I moved back to Northern Virginia, and a guy that I knew in the area here at my family's old church, uh, he was like, hey, you know, I actually have a wall in a garage that needs to be demolished. He had a mold abatement business on the side from his home inspection business, and he said, you know, uh, if you're looking for some work for the summer, I would love for you to first you know, audition basically by knocking down this wall. And so I, uh, he tells me it should take about eight hours. I did it in two. And he goes, man, you're hired for the summer. So from there, he was like, hey, look, you have this ambition to work with people, to help people, but there's not a lot of money in that. So why don't I train you to be a home inspector so that you can, one, afford to put a roof over a family's head one day. You're not kind of beholden to a nonprofit or a church or something like that. And, uh, you know, you can basically work your own schedule. You can set your own schedule, make decent money. And then on top of that, um, pursue what you want to do in your free time. So it was, it was really neat. And that was the small family owned business down in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, I finished at BPG inspections. That was, uh, I left the field for porch, uh, last, last spring, but, uh, spent four years at BPG inspections and it was phenomenal. So going from a small family owned business where I was a 1099 contractor to going to a massive nationwide organization where, you know, I was now a W2 commissioned employee, but still got to operate as a contractor, still got to control my own schedule, all of that. Um, so it was absolutely phenomenal. I got to see inspectors from all different walks of life. Uh, I had never been to a home inspector conference before until BPG sent me to uh, to a conference of a different organization that shall not be named since we're working with Nachi here. And uh, later on, I got to do a podcast for that organization as well. Maybe some of you guys listened to that back in the day. Maybe you remember the Inspection Connection podcast. Uh, we used to do this thing on the show called the Drink of the Day. And uh, so I'm actually going to reinstitute that a little bit today here. I've got right here just a little old fashioned. It is five o'clock somewhere. So I'm going to enjoy myself teaching you guys here a little bit and uh, have a little old fashioned on the side as well. Um, so 
got to do that podcast back to that got to do the podcast for a different organization but last year uh porch came knocking i was talking with one of their one of their uh awesome teammates uh, that's now a co-worker of mine and they said you know we've got this really neat opportunity for you basically we need somebody to kind of come in and work in a creative capacity with home inspectors. And uh, I kind of got to create my job. So now I do a little bit of webinar training. I do a podcast for Porch now called the uh, the Wraparound by Porch. You can listen to that wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I, I go to conferences. Maybe you've met me there. I was at the Nachi conference out in Ontario, California. But um, I've, I had always been highly entertained and highly... And, well, interested, I guess that's just the word, highly interested in creating video content around the real estate industry, especially with home inspectors, simply because nobody sees more houses than home inspectors do, right? And home buyers, they love watching this style of, of TV, whether it be, you know, on a big screen or whether it be on a laptop, watching YouTube shows about home and garden type entertainment. But I wanted to kind of create some stuff in that capacity. And Porch was like, look, you've got an opportunity to do that kind of stuff here. So I jumped on with Porch and it's been an absolute blast. This is just one small part of the greater creative job that I get to do. So a lot of fun there, still working in the home inspection industry, but moving into the creative side of things. So anyway, I wanted to, uh, before we get into the lecture on how to maximize a slow market, I wanted to kind of kick things off and share a few things that I learned in the field with you guys. So number one, just because it's not snowing on a March morning when you're starting a home inspection, that doesn't mean that by the time you start your third inspection, it won't be snowing. Um, be prepared. Basically, that's the whole point there. I was not one day. It was a beautiful warm morning a few Marches ago, a few years ago. And uh, I left for my first inspection, left my jacket at home. And by the time I started my third inspection late that afternoon, it was a massive snowstorm. And I was standing out here in a polo shirt, and khakis doing a home inspection, totally underprepared, still had to finish the job. Just be prepared. That's the point. Um, number two, always bring a roll of toilet paper. Did I make that intentionally number two because it's toilet paper? I'm not not saying that, but yeah, basically always pack it. Number three, don't quote code. We all know that sometimes you got to when the seller's dad shows up, right? That's when I always would break out the big jargon, the big words. Uh, was uh, As soon as he started asking the difficult questions there in the beginning or trying to be intrusive, I would throw out a little bit of code. I would throw out a little bit of uh, vocabulary that I had prepared for the occasion. And that was usually enough to shut him up. And, you know, we've all been there. Um, number four, take a day off of work because work can wait. It will always be there. The slow time, then you're... Uh, you know, the work will be there when you get back, but take that time off, spend some time focusing on yourself, recharge, because uh, you're always going to be able to do a better job when that's the case. Last but not least, you don't know more than the next guy. You got to be humble. And sometimes, you know, we're all inspectors. That might be because he thinks the next guy might think that he knows more than everybody else. We're look, we're a fun bunch. We really are. We can poke some fun at ourselves here, but, uh, but I, I truly did have to learn to be humble. Um, just because it's, this is a field where you're always learning something new. And that's what excited me about going to work every day as a home inspector. So, so to tell you a little bit about this course, uh, I was talking to another inspector about this and he was, he said, Hey, you should definitely talk about what the course is about, but put it in the form of an inspection agreement. And I was like, man, we all do the driveway pitch. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So 
To tell you a little bit about what the course is about, let me get through the legal jargon that is not actually legal in any way, shape, or form. Feel free to read along. So this is an agreement between you, the undersigned viewer, and me, the presenter, pertaining to this webinar. The terms below govern this agreement. The fee for the webinar is zero dollars. But uh, yeah, if you'd like to Venmo me, you're certainly, no, don't really. Put the money into your marketing budget. That's what you need to do. Number two. We will perform a, a virtual webinar on Zoom, identifying some important things that you can do during the slow season to prepare to grow your business during the busy season. This webinar is only supplementary to your own work ethic, drive, sweat, and tears. Number three, unless otherwise indicated in writing, we will not test your comprehension of the material presented herein. Unless otherwise indicated in writing, we also are not going to be testing for mold. Therefore, the scope of our inspection will not include anything outside the following topic, growing your damn business. Um, number five, our webinar, oh, I skipped the number. This should be number four. Our webinar is not for your use only as you should also share this recording everywhere. Follow me on Instagram at inspection dude and listen to my podcast, the wraparound, wherever you get your podcasts. We are 100% directly responsible for any and all joy, laughs, or insight that you glean from the content produced by me, the presenter. Uh, limitation on liability and damages. We assume no liability for growing your business or the failure to do so. That is 100% up to you, as most people love to learn, but they fail to implement. But if you are successful and the tips and information presented herein produce results, just buy me a beer at the next conference you see me at. Scope of the webinar. The webinar you're viewing, whoops, let's go back. The webinar you're viewing has the objective of motivating, not just educating. The topics for, uh, for whoops, the topics that we're going to be going into on how to use the slow season, they're going to involve the areas of innovating and improvising, expanding your education, making the most of your marketing, and expanding your business by thinking outside the box. Number eight. If you enjoy our time and request a return appearance on this here webinar series, then I would recommend that you write or email InterNACHI, tell them how great this was, and ask that they bring me back, and let's do it again. I'd love to. And uh, if your presenter participates in InterNACHI's buyback guarantee program, then, well, I guess it's a good thing that this is free. So no liability on me. You don't have to sign this. This is not legal in any way, shape, or form. But now you know what this is about. Now you know what we're talking about. Let me take a swig. Cheers to y'all, and let's jump in. All right, making the most of the slow season. First thing that I would recommend that folks do during the slow season, things that I looked to do when I was growing my business, was I would look to improvise. Simply by, by definition, improvising is producing or making something from whatever is available. And what do you have during the slow season? More than anything, you have time on your hands. It can be real tempting to sit on the couch. It can be real tempting to catch up on your favorite show. But what you really want to be doing during this time is looking for ways to make the most of what you've got. Okay, let's jump into some ways that you can look to improvise with your business. Now, improvising in the field, that can be something from where, say, your flashlight dies. You've got your nice Phoenix flashlight out. You're going through a crawl space and it dies. Improvising is taking out your phone and using the flashlight on your phone. Improvising in business is going to be totally different. That's going to mean finding ways to make the most of your free time that wasn't previously free um, with your business, areas of your business that you could look to improvise and improve um, things, things that you might not have been able to do during the busy season. That might be things like expanding your online presence. Take a look at your SEO. Take a look at your website. Are you behind the times? Uh, does it still look like it's an old MySpace page? Uh, take a look at some of your competitors. See how theirs, uh, 
how there's looks, how there's functions. And uh, I would talk with either a web developer or talk with, excuse me, a great SEO guy and see ways that you could be improving your online presence so that when people are searching for a home inspector, your reviews are popping up first, your website is popping up first. So you're getting the most exposure possible through your online presence. That can also mean social media as well, since that's such a huge way to connect with people these days. Number two, you can look to evaluate your competitor's pricing and service. While you're looking at their website, go ahead and check the prices that they have for not just their home inspections, um, but also their ancillary services as well. Especially, you know, it, it can it could be when you're when you're really sucked into your business, it can be difficult to find the time to sit down, go over your books, and go, look, am I really getting paid what I ought to be getting paid for the services that I'm rendering? Especially in an area where your competitors might be charging more. Uh, when I went from a small business uh, down in uh, Central Virginia, they really didn't charge a whole lot at the time. And when I switched to BPG, the prices were hundred to one hundred fifty dollars more per inspection. I was really worried that I would lose some of my agents and some of my repeat clients by raising my prices. Uh, when I sat down and talked with uh, with my area manager, shout out to, to Ken Humphreys, awesome guy who's done so much for me in my career. Uh, when I sat down and talked with him about my concern on pricing and raising prices, he said, look, we are working in one of the wealthiest areas in the entire country. We are not going to be the most expensive we're not going to be the cheapest, but we are going to price ourselves just under the most expensive guy. So that that's going to drive more business our way. Um, wouldn't you know it over the next four years, I doubled my book of business. I more than doubled my income and um, never lost, never lost a single customer over that at all. So evaluate your competitors, pricing and services, make sure that yours are where they should be for your area. Number three, evaluate your team. If, uh, if you are a multi-inspector firm, now would be a great time to maybe shadow one of your other inspectors, um, especially one of the younger guys. If you're looking to kind of bring him along, make sure that you know he's being thorough enough in his inspection process. Or if you're looking to grow your team, this is obviously gonna be the time that you're going to want to look to hire. Have your interviews, uh, do your training, do your ride-alongs with some of your new inspectors. This is the time to do it. Number four, look to tweak your report templates. Again, by kind of doing a, uh, a quality control or quality analysis on your own reports and also how you stack up against the reports of some of your other competitors in the area, um, this would be a great time during the slow season to kind of overhaul some things. What's, where are some areas in the report that are not the most clear? Where are some areas where uh, you could basically expand, look to expand some of your comments. You could um, add more detail. You could add more photos, graphs, charts, things like that. Um, tweaking your report templates might also mean, and we'll get into some of this later, kind of getting up to speed on some of the newest tech that's out there so that um, you can add 360 videos or 360 photos, add videos, look to switch your reports from PDF to HTML, things like that. So tweaking your report templates, that's another great time. This is another great time of season to be doing something like that. During the slow season, you can also look to improve your on-site workflow. The, the time to overhaul the way you go about your inspection is not obviously going to be when you've got three stacked up, bing, bang, boom. Um, you want to be really clicking along. Now, I know a lot of us, we've, uh, we've been working for a long time. We've been in the field for a long time. And we could be very stuck in our ways. But if we really want to look to improve, um, basically looking to consolidate or be more efficient in our work process, doing that when you only have one inspection uh, per day 
Maybe you've only got three to five per week during the slow season. This would be the time to really look to overhaul your workflow. Um, for me, I know some, again, every inspector works a little bit different. That's the beauty of this industry. But for me, I would really look to try to do an inspection in no more than two to two and a half hours. And I've had inspectors ask me, how is it possible that you were actually able to do a thorough examination of a house in just that short a time? Plain and simple, it's, it's easy. What I would look to do is basically, as thoroughly as possible, go through the home in the same order every single time, um, bring, the, or bring the home buyer along if they were present, and I was able to multitask. Not everybody can do that, but I was able to multitask in such a way that the report got finished. I didn't miss anything major. I honestly, if you, if I go back and I look at the number of times that either somebody called me back on something or I had to refund somebody, it was maybe once or twice a year. But I was able to very thoroughly go through the entire home and educate the client at the same time. But that took a lot of practice. That took a lot of years of experience and training and really working to be as efficient but thorough as possible in as short a time frame as possible. Now, for me, that meant finishing some parts of the report after the inspection was over. But in my neck of the woods, I recognize that realtors, one, they're extremely busy here. A lot of the buyers, they were taking time off of work. They had government jobs, and so they needed to get back. So I personally needed to be as quick, thorough, and efficient as possible in my process. This is the time of year that you can focus on really looking to overhaul some things in that respect. So lastly, getting organized with everything from your tools to taxes to your truck. How many of you guys have looked at the end of the busy season and you just, you've been going all out for weeks and you take a look around your vehicle and you go, oh my gosh, it looks like I live in here. And it, and that's not in a good way. Like I'm talking like when you lived if you remember your childhood room growing up and how it just looked like trash during your teenage years, at least I struggle with that a little bit. Um, that's what my truck ended up looking like at the end of a busy stretch. During the slow season, that's the time to be getting the maintenance done on the vehicle, get it cleaned up, uh, clean up some of my tools, make sure everything's neat and organized, maybe work out some storage solutions for my vehicle, things like that. Taxes and other administrative stuff. This is the time to make sure everything's buttoned down so that as soon as things start picking up, you're ready to rock and roll. Now, some of that self-explanatory, some of that might be a good reminder. And again, with all of this, hey, I hope you at least glean one or two things from everything that I'm talking about. But these are some areas during the slow season where you can really look to improvise. Let's talk innovation. Thinking imaginatively about taking your business to the next level. That might be things like testing out new software and services. Now, I know a bunch of you are going to be sitting here going, this is a porch guy. And he's talking about software and services. Here we go. Brace yourself. For the sales pitch, I want you to go ahead and look at the bottom of the slide on what I put in here. Very, very fairly, I'm telling you that you need to find what works for you. Now, does Porch have a whole bunch of uh, software and services that we would love for you to try out? Yes, absolutely. In fact, one of the biggest draws for me going from BPG to Porch was that I saw a lot of similarities in what I used at BPG and what Porch offered to sole proprietors and uh, maybe multi-inspector firms that are LLCs, things like that. Um, smaller companies that are, don't have 300 inspectors coast to coast, they can now operate on the same level of quality as some of the bigger guys simply by using some of the things that Porch offered. So I absolutely love that. Now, we know we're not the only ones on the market. And that's why I say find what works for you. There are so many softwares and solutions. I love competition in the corporate world. It's fantastic. It's what drives quality on everything. So 
out there is going to be something for you spring or not, not spring when it's booming, but as we're going into spring, this during the slow season would be the time of year where you're going to want to test out something if you've ever had a thought about switching to a different platform. So um, you can think about new software and services in terms of going digital with your scheduling or your back office management. This is co, uh, co done by ISN, as you see in the top corner of the slide. Um, you could try new report writing software. Again, there's a glut of them on the market. Find what works for you. You can find a better rate for your payment processing. Uh, you can maybe consider a call center. If you've scaled your business and you've been fortunate enough to grow your business to the point where you can't handle every call, there's solutions out there. So the onboarding process, winter or the end of winter would be a great time to consider something like that. Consider an option that can basically help you solve a pain point. Um, again, digital age is beautiful. There are so many things out there that can really help you take your business to the next level. When I started this job, I was doing paper contracts. Um, I switched to doing something like DocuSign on an iPad when that came out. And now I, there's software and solutions out there where everything's handled digitally before you even get on site. So pretty cool. Avail yourself of it, educate yourself on it, find what works for you. Another thing you can do innovatively, you can invest in and practice with new tools and equipment. Obviously, being on site for the first time with a new gizmo is not the time to be learning how to use it, right? I've bought a, a camera gimbal before, and I would have loved to use it, but because I hadn't practiced setting it up yet, I knew that the event that I was at was not the time for me to be learning how to use it. It looks unprofessional. You want to make sure that you're good to go with what you have as soon as you get on site with it. So uh, I know a bunch of you guys go to these conferences. If we haven't hung out at one, I hope to hang out with you at the next one I go to. But uh, sewer scopes, you see the sewer scope cameras at all of the conventions out there. If you haven't thought about picking up on that ancillary business, adding that on to what you offer clients, now would be a great time to consider that. Now would be a great time to learn how to use that technology. Um, I started off using the uh, the ion canisters for for radon monitoring. That was a massive pain in the butt because uh, I was not registered or licensed for uh, radon either mitigation or radon result rating testing any of that when I started. So I was I was the gopher. I ran. I uh, ran the radon tests and would set them and I would bring them back. Somebody who was qualified and registered and licensed with the state of Virginia was able to read them, monitor them, take the results, all that. But with the ion canisters, and then when I got my radon license and joined BPG, they had the Corenium Pro monitors. And oh my gosh, how much more simple that made that, how much less gas I spent running around. And I've seen some, uh, some alternative solutions to those continuous monitors that I use with BPG. So again, find what works for you, but the technology and the hardware is always improving. So do your research. This is a great time to do it. Uh, maybe, maybe test some out on a few properties, maybe test it on your own property before you use it in the field, getting things calibrated. So it's all set and ready to go. Perfect time for it. Again, we already talked about storage solutions for your vehicle, but uh, I've seen some inspectors that use some really awesome setups to, uh, to manage their tool storage on board their trucks uh, or their SUVs or what other vehicles they're using. Um, but making sure that you're organized so that you're ready to go come spring. Ditching the old camera and going mobile. This was a huge thing for me, right? When I started out point and shoot cameras, uh, I know a whole bunch of people kind of uh, about 10 years ago started going to the iPads. But those iPad cameras, I remember when they were five megapixels, the image quality was terrible. And now you can get a professional camera quality image on a phone. So 
Why would you want to use anything other than what's in your pocket, especially with the report writing software that's out there? I, when I was working with BPG, I would plug the images right directly into the report as I went. And my goodness, does that just speed up time? Um, the, uh, the report process, it was simplified. It was consolidated. I didn't need to go scrambling through files and folders, uh, worth of images after the fact, trying to plug everything in. No, all good to go. All right on my phone. So ditch that old camera, go mobile. It's time. Just embrace it, folks. Um, Implement infrared, infrared cameras, drones, and the like. Uh, if you're not doing in, infrared, again, when I started, I was not. And then I started to see the competitors were offering that free of charge. That's what we used to do at BPG. Definitely worth the investment because I was doing an inspection down in a basement one time. And uh, the carpet looked super clean. It was raining outside. Uh, we had, you know, obviously taken, taken shoes off when we came through the door. But when I went back through the house, the final pass, uh, basically when I would start my process, I would turn all the lights on, get all the systems running. And then I was, I was doing the infrared scan at the end of the inspection. I would turn lights off on my way back to, the, to my finishing point. That way I knew where I had been last. It was just kind of like a visual cue for me. But I was going back through the basement and I noticed a massive damp spot in the center of the basement floor. Um, the carpet was was very cool, obviously very blue. Thermal cooling was causing something there. So uh, as I went down, felt it, and yeah, sure enough, it was damp. Um, wouldn't have been able to see it, and uh, it didn't show up as a stain in the carpet yet. But uh, if it had not been for that infrared camera, I wouldn't have seen it. And obviously something was seeping up from under the slab. So uh, definitely worth using. Obviously hot wires and things like that, uh, overheating breakers on electric panels the use for infrared goes on and on, uh, especially because infrared cameras are the ultimate form of a dad tool, right? If uh, if dads, if, if they already use the, the stud finder on themselves before they use it on a wall, an infrared camera is just a great way to point it at yourself and remind everybody just how hot you are, you know? Um, drones. So drones are obviously very useful, very helpful. I never used them in my neck of the woods. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, worth investing in license-wise. And also working in the DC area, this is a place where there are numerous no-fly zones where you are breaking federal law if you even think about flying a drone near it. So it wasn't something that worked for me, but I know it works in so many other places. Get one. They're so freaking cool. Use it. Practice with it so that when you get on site, you're ready to rock and roll. So you can innovate in multiple different ways with tools, with software, so that you're good to go and take your business to the next level as soon as the busy season picks up. Quick drink. Expanding your knowledge through education. Now, if you've been on the conference circuit, if you have hung out at any of the, uh, the major conferences that have been going on, the major conventions, fantastic time to get your CEs and to meet some amazing people. Honestly, my, uh, my network of incredible people in this industry has grown so much. And my respect for all of you has grown so much just from getting outside of my Northern Virginia bubble and visiting with people at conferences from Texas to Ohio, to California, everywhere in between. Uh, so many incredible people that have invested in my life afterwards. Uh, I've learned so much from so many of you and uh, it's made me a better, in, a better individual 
And if I jump back into the field at some point down the road, it'll make me a better professional because of it. So expanding your knowledge through education, go to conferences, get your CEs done, knock them out during the slow season. This is a great time to do it. But occupationally, this isn't the only kind of education that you could be using the time to be uh, to be focusing on. You can also focus on growing and expanding yourself professionally by getting qualifications and certifications that are necessary for some of these ancillary services for uh, things like flying a drone. You know, nowadays, uh, the FCC requires that you get your remote pilot certification if you're going to operate a drone commercially. So that's something that's that's worth considering. Getting your pesticide applicators license. Now, to do a, a termite inspection in the state of Virginia, you don't necessarily need a pesticide applicators license, but I got mine anyway, just because it added some validity to my termite inspection report. So that might be something to consider. And if you did decide to get into pesticide treatment down the road, again, that is a great spinoff business that you can employ some other people on. You could be making some money on that while other folks are out in the field treating for household pests, excuse me, making you money while you're being a home inspector. So something else might be something like your contractor's license or a mold remediation license. I know in the state of Virginia, I can barely even say that something is or isn't mold. I have to say it's a mold-like substance uh, because here in this state, they require specifically that you have a mold remediation license if you are going to test, show, demonstrate, or treat for something that is definitely mold. So, and again, that's another spinoff business if you wanted to pursue something like that, where cleaning and treating for mold is very easy. Uh, there was a saying that I heard ages ago in the, uh, the home renovation business and the house flipping business that mold is gold. And that's simply because and I, I share that with home buyers all the time too, whenever I would see a mold like substance in a house, I would tell them mold is gold simply because so much of it is so treatable. And uh, a lot of times when you're looking to purchase a home, you could use that as a negotiating tool, or at least you could when the market was more friendly to home buyers. Um, so considering something like a mold remediation license might be a way to spin off a new business. That's just putting more money back in your pocket. So it's another professional certification. That's a feather in your cap and it's going to help you make more money down the road. So look to extend your knowledge through education. But let's talk marketing. This is kind of the big one. And one of the questions that I get asked a lot, especially working with social media, working with video content, it's how do I grow myself? Or how do I expand my network marketing wise? Or how do I even step into the new digital age? You know, I, maybe it's maybe you're not familiar with social media, maybe you just hate social media. I totally get it. Sometimes social media can be a cesspool. But like with so many other things, it is what we make it right. And especially given the COVID era that we just came through, it's the number one way to reach new people and to market and to keep yourself top of mind. So before we get into marketing, let's talk. When is the number one time that you should be marketing? Look at the screen. Always, always, always. You should be marketing when you're busy. You should be marketing when you're slow. You should be marketing before you start your business, right? Always look to be marketing. Always look to find new ways to be marketing. If at all at any point, and it is tough to do, I know, during the busy season, but if at any point you stop, if you stop marketing today, you won't eat tomorrow, right? There's going to be a point where suddenly it drops off. And I've seen so many inspectors uh, complain, oh, why am I slow right now? It's like, okay, well, you just came through the busy season, but how much did you market then? Did you meet anybody new? Did you make any new connections with realtors? And so many of them, they're like, no, I, I hate doing that kind of stuff. Or I saw individuals that would join a multi-inspector firm or a company like BPG, 
And, uh, and they would go, okay, well, you guys are giving me resources, but is anybody going to do the marketing for me? It's like, no, no, you still have to do that because this is a relationship driven business. The connections that you make with people in the real estate community, that's your bread and butter. Now, how you connect with them, those things change, but building and fostering those connections, it is was and always will be a relationship driven industry. And if you're a people person like me, that's also the fun part about this job. Some of my closest friends are real estate agents that I've met just in almost a decade of working as a home inspector and working in this community up here in Northern Virginia. Still stay in touch with them to this day, even after leaving the field and joining porch. So always be looking for new ways to market, always be open to new ideas and always be willing to educate and train yourself on those processes. So let's jump into some ways that you can be making the most of your marketing in the slow season. Number one, cast a wide net. Now, what do I, excuse me, what do I mean by that? It's easy when you're, when you're starting out, especially if you're a younger guy watching, it was easy for me when I was beginning to start looking at some of the big fish realtors in the area and going, man, if I could just work with this agent here, or if I could just work with that guy there. And uh, the, the problem is they've already got their inspector, right? So many of the big market, um, big volume realtors, they've already got their home inspector. So what you need to do is find the ones that don't. Now you can still meet the ones that do, of course, and you can always put the bug in their ear. Hey, look, if your guy ever can't make it, give me a call. I'm always going to be happy to help even if it's not a property that I inspected, if I can, if I can answer a question for you, even if I could just, again, officially, unofficially off the record, if I could answer a question for you, I'm happy to help. So by making yourself available to those big market, big volume inspectors, I'm sorry, agents, realtors, sure, you might capture their business one day, but if you cast a wide net, I would rather have fewer inspections off of a bigger pool of younger, newer realtors because those realtors, as they grow their business, I can now grow my business with them through the years, right? So now five years down the road, maybe I met somebody at a convention meeting previously with a realtor convention up here in Northern Virginia. So say I met this new guy starting out, they've only been in it for a year. I did two inspections for them one year. By that fifth year, maybe they have a team of their own. And now I do inspections for all of their team members. Now, suddenly I'm pulling in 20 to 30 inspections a year, just from that one realtor. Now multiply that by all of the multiple uh, new agents starting out that you connected with five years ago. That's how you grow your book of business. That's how I was able to more than double my book of business in the seven years that I spent here. Um, other ways might be it's if somebody drops a ball, you can be there to pick it up right now. I remember there was an agent that had a complaint about somebody at one point, I, I don't name names, but they reached out to me and said, look, this was completely unfair what happened. And I was able to capture her business and be her home inspector for the, the entirety, the duration of my career from then on. And, um, and again, she, uh, she, that realtor is one of my closest friends to this day. So cast a wide net, be willing to start small, be faithful in the day of small things so that as the realtors grow their businesses, yours grows with them. Number two, lean into what works and scrap what doesn't. Again, be willing to try anything, throw something at the wall, see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, be willing to move on. Back in the day, pre-COVID, obviously the office visits and the, the lunch and learns and things like that, that was huge. 
Nowadays, not so much. More people are still working from home. More people are still uh, working remotely, or they'll sit in the coffee shop on a laptop now. Fewer people are going back to the office than, than previously. So it's not going to be as effective to go bring the basket of candy up to the front desk anymore to the receptionist. It's not going to be as effective to pick up a massive bunch of uh, bagels from, was it Panera? I almost said Pandora. That's a radio station. Panera. No, picking up a bunch of bagels from Panera. I used to do Chick-fil-A. There was one time I did a lunch and learn and I brought tacos and uh, that office remembered me for ages after that, just because they were like, dude, you're the taco guy. But uh, that worked then, that doesn't work so much now. Take a look around, especially in the digital landscape at what some of the major influential home inspectors are doing. It's video, it's photos, it's Instagram, it's TikTok. And again, you might not be interested in pursuing that brand of marketing, that style of marketing, but it works, it really does. And it's such an amazing way, both locally, nationally, internationally, whatever, to grow and expand a brand. And with that, your business will get driven and your business will grow as well. So lean into what works, scrap what doesn't. There's something out there that's going to work for some folks that won't work for others. Uh, I've already touched on a little bit in the last point, but embrace social media. You have to. Again, if you've learned anything about marketing, you know that multiple touch points with an individual are going to be what causes you to stay top of mind and for them to eventually give you their business. So by using social media, that's just one touch point, but it is a massive one. If you look at the research on how many times people look at their phones per day, it's over a hundred, sometimes several hundred times a day, people pick up their phone or they're looking on social media or not to be crass, but they'll be sitting in the restroom and they're just scrolling or they're laying down in bed at night. A lot of times for most folks, the phone is the first thing they pick up and it's the last thing that they put down. And social media is what they're looking at and consuming. So if you're creating video content and it doesn't have to be difficult, it doesn't have to have fancy lights or anything like that. It can be you working on site, but if you learn to use the technology, use the apps well, if you learn to communicate clearly and effectively, it, it does take practice. But if you can do that, you can really grow a following and that can be a massive point of contact point of reference for a realtor, especially if you're looking to expand your influence in your area. So cast a wide net, lean into what works, scrap what doesn't, embrace social media. The other thing that I want to encourage you to do is really to spend time where realtors are spending their time. And I want you to take a look at this list of events here. This is going to vary by region, but up here in Northern Virginia, you have the Northern Virginia Association of Realtors, NVAR. And uh, for a long time, BPG was a sponsor of NVAR. So our logo, um, our branding, our advertising was going to be all over their printed stuff. We sponsored um, NVAR trips to Nationals Park during the baseball season. We sponsored soccer games. I don't even remember the soccer team up in DC. They're not that great. But um, anyway, any opportunity that we could to get in front of realtors through the associations, we would take it. And one, it was just such a blast to hang out, have a couple beers with some realtors, uh, press some palms. But pre, during, and after COVID, that was a phenomenal way for me to make some connections with some realtors in my area. Um, now, as things are going digital, Maybe you want to look into brokerage Zoom meetings and things like that. You can still sponsor some of those as well. Maybe instead of doing a lunch and learn with food, maybe you give a $25, $50 discount off of an inspection if somebody attending that meeting uses you for an inspection down the road. 
Take a look at nonprofit work as well. This is another great way to connect with individuals, especially on a very human level, right? Humans helping other humans is not just great marketing. It warms the heart, but it also, yeah, people like doing good stuff with other likable people. Um, for me, that means taking groups of real estate agents and other industry professionals out to Mexico to build houses for people in need or to help small businesses down there to grow so that they can be self-sustaining there in San Luis, Mexico. If you want to check out the LOFamily.com, you can certainly do that. But um, I started to take realtors with me on the trips that I was taking individually. And now one of my favorite realtors is uh, on the board, or actually chairwoman of the board for Allo Family. So doing nonprofit work together, locally, regionally, internationally, all of it, it's a great way to showcase your values and people do shop off of values. Uh, but it also fosters great enduring relationships and connections with people in your community. So great way to connect with realtors. I know that Keller Williams, I think they do something called Red Day. So that might be something to look and see if that's happening in your neck of the woods. And maybe you can participate with your local brokerage with Keller Williams on something like that. Golf tournaments. This is another thing that's big up in this area, but sponsoring a golf tournament. Maybe you can pay for the beer cart, one to two beers per person. Whoever drinks that much on a, on a golf course, one to two beers. But still, it's better than nothing, right? But uh, by being there, by being present, by having a good time with people that you want to do business with, that's a win-win for everybody. So something like a golf tournament or the like, look for that in your area. Maybe uh, maybe it's a clay shoot, you know, if you're if you're out towards the center of the country, something like that. Um, again, touched on realtor associations, look and see what's in your area. But the main point here, guys, is this, you need to build relationships. This is a relationship driven industry. It's fun, make it fun, especially even if you're not a people person, try to find some joy in it. Uh, just building human relationships with people that you enjoy working with. That's the name of the game. So another thing that you could be looking to do, that's the marketing and uh, if you have questions, by the way, on any of this, whether it's marketing, education, ways that you can innovate and improvise, feel free to ask them in the chat. You can start filling that up right now. I see we've got one already, and I'll come, that, come back to that in a bit. But um, another way that I want to focus on you guys maximizing the time during the slow season is talking about how to augment your income by thinking outside the box. So let's get into a little bit of this. Um, look for revenue streams that can complement your current ancillaries and accreditations. Uh, number one, those who can do teach, obviously that's the inverse of the actual saying. The whole point of the original saying, those who can't do teach is saying that it's easier to educate people on something than it is to actually do it. Thankfully for me, I was actually very successful in the field and now I get to teach a little bit, but I love to sit and learn from people who are actually successful, who actually grew their businesses to the point that they had an exit plan where they were able to monetize their business, sell it and retire happy and do good with the time and money that they had on their hands. Um, so I would change that original saying and say that those who can do teach and get paid for your time to teach, right? You see guys like Mike Crow or Mike Casey, um, Ishvan Jaco, Wally Conway, folks that I have truly enjoyed getting to know in the last year. I see them on the conference circuit, just sharing their knowledge. And they, they love helping other people to be as successful as they were. And they had results in their business. So if you have grown a successful business, get paid for your time, get paid for your knowledge. Um, especially if you did really well with your job. Number two, never let a good crisis go to waste. That's not just true for politicians. 
So up here in DC, I had folks, they used to ask me back in the day, Hey, do you watch that show house of cards? I used to tell them like, look, no, why do I need to watch that show? I literally live here. House of cards is 60 miles from where I sit right now. Um, so, uh, you know, you see how some of the, the politicization of world events happens right at my doorstep, but, uh, I've seen business people take advantage of a good crisis too. Um, I want to share a story about the first inspector that I used to work for. Again, he owned that small business down in Fredericksburg. He was actually able to get out of the home inspection field because during COVID, I told you he had a mold abatement business. He took a look at the list of ingredients on the bottle of chemical that he used to treat for mold. And he noticed that it was effective against killing the coronavirus. So uh, he's like, this is effective against COVID-19. This is fantastic. So he set up a new LLC and started a sanitization business where he would go into office buildings in the Northern Virginia and DC area, and they would clean and sanitize for COVID. Made bank. And, uh, and again, this is a home inspector that just saw a good opportunity using things that were literally sitting in his workshop and uh, was able to make incredible money off of that. So if you can look at the opportunity in a glass half full way, try to see the silver lining uh, on the gray cloud, then, you know, look, take advantage of the opportunity, find a way to monetize it for yourself, just like my old boss did. Pretty cool. Um, number three, don't just inspect real estate, invest in it. If you're in a place where uh, you can use your skill set as a home inspector, you've got some money set aside and you can start building residual income through um, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, things like that, do it. I mean, what better way to take the, the knowledge and the skill set that you have and keep money coming back into your pockets? For me, again, HGTV style content was, was what interested me so much after I got into home inspections. I was like, people are flipping houses. I now know all about houses. I would love to do a spinoff business one day where I'm getting back into home renovation once it becomes more affordable to do so again. Um, so look to invest in real estate. Don't, don't just inspect it. Lastly, build your brand creatively and consistently. Social media sponsorship is a real thing. Some of the folks that I've been blessed to know might include guys like Inspector AJ out in Tennessee or Dallas White, guys like that. Ethan Hotchkiss, he's another one. Follow those dudes on social media if you haven't already. They have an incredibly huge following and it's from content that is very simple and yet effective to make. And they're able to come up with it on the fly on site as they're doing their day job as a home inspector. Some of these folks are able to get monetized off of it. Now that's, that's rare. It's few and far between that that happens, but if it's not taking a whole lot of time to create digital content and you can ultimately at some point get paid to do it, why would you not? For me, I now get paid to produce a, a podcast. It's awesome. I love that. Um, I'm getting paid to develop a YouTube series. Absolutely love that. So if you enjoy a creative outlet, uh, if you can get into social media and ultimately make money off of creating content about what you're doing for your day job, go for it. Why would you not want to do that? So look for ways to augment income by thinking outside the box. So who wants to stay inside the box anyways? It's boring there. Um, I do want to turn to you guys' questions, though. We're at about uh, 6.50, coming up on 6.50, and I want to spend the last 10 minutes kind of answering some of the questions that you guys might have before we sign off. So these are just some tips and tricks that I have for how to grow your business and make the most use of your time during the slow season, but I would love to hear from some of you guys as well. 
Um, we have Fred Penner here. He's asking home energy audits also are a great way to pay bills when you're slow. Absolutely. No, I, uh, I used to do the podcast for the a different organization uh, with Rose Buckley. She's up in Maryland and she would do home energy score audits as well. Um, so another great opportunity, another great marketing tool. Um, Fred, thanks for sharing that. That's fantastic. So if anybody else has some questions, feel free to fire away in the chat. We got Daniel Benjamin. He's sending this out to everybody. Is there any significant crossover between a home inspector and a home appraiser? I know in the state of Virginia, you have to be licensed with the state to do appraisals. Um, it's actually a bid process here. And I know those two get confused all the time. Home buyers were always like, wait, so you're the guy that can tell me how much my house is worth, right? No, it's obviously two very different things. But, um, you know, it could be something where if you can find a way within your state's regulations where there's no conflict of interest, that might be something to pursue. I know here it's a bid process and you might not always in Virginia end up working in the same place where you inspect. So something to consider, look at your coverage areas um, and uh, look at your state's regulations if you want to pursue, pursue or consider being an appraiser as well. Brandon says, I was in the appraisal industry before getting into home inspections. Definitely have limited overlap. Yeah, one's pricing, the other's problems. And uh, again, you know, some folks can, especially if you're using the home inspection report to negotiate price, maybe there's a little bit of crossover there. But again, looking at comps and what's going for a property and how to assess its value overall for your area, that's so different than finding what's working and what isn't, what's the good and bad and ugly on the house. So very, very different fields for sure. Paul's asking, do you cut prices when business is slow? Yes and no. So uh, Mark's saying no. I would agree with that, Mark. Um, for my standalone inspections, absolutely not. But um, the last two years, it got so competitive in the real estate market here. It was such a heavy seller's market that people were waiving inspections left and right. Almost nobody was doing a home inspection. I I'm sure a, bu a bunch of you guys can relate. But uh, we started to do something that was called a pre-offer evaluation. Um, other folks up in DC would do walk and talks. We do not in Virginia simply because there are requirements. If you're doing an official inspection in the state of Virginia, you have to provide a written report and things like that. But in DC, there's no regulation on home inspections. So home inspectors were charging 200 to 250 bucks for an hour to walk in. And basically it was like a... a unwritten four-point inspection. There was no report that was given after the fact. It was just strictly verbal, but people were putting offers on four and five houses. And so um, they didn't want to pay for four and five entire inspections. So this was an affordable way for some inspectors to, again, stay top of mind, still stay relevant. But by doing a pre-offer evaluation, it was really a limited scope inspection. We would still provide the reports so that we complied with Virginia law, but we did charge less for that. Um, and again, sometimes I think there was, there was one time I did three or four of those in a day, but uh, I wasn't spending as long on site. So um, I just found a way to offer something that was competitive with some of my other competition in this area. And uh, I was still making a fairly decent income off of that. In fact, that was back, I think that was 2021. And that was one of my best years that I ever had. So, so yes and no to Paul. Um, don't, don't slash your prices but maybe find some ways where you're offering something that's going to cost a little bit less, but also take less of your time. So don't, 
don't uh, underestimate or devalue your time, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm just going to hit stop on the video and continue to read through some of this. Um, so to answer Brandon's question, as a new home inspector, how much would you recommend I spend on my advertisement budget? Look for free ways that you can market first. Again, social media doesn't cost you anything more than your time and effort. Um, and really, that's what it comes down to with marketing is time and effort. Uh, look at your budget. Look at what you can afford. But uh, again, you want to try to stretch your dollars as, as much as possible. I don't know what you can afford, so it's tough for me to answer that one. Um, but I would, uh, again, spend as much as you possibly can. Uh, if you're looking at sponsorships and things like that, I know that uh, I used to maybe look at three to $500 if you're sponsoring a major event, something like that. So um, again, it's going to vary based on, uh, based on where you are in your career, but make the most of your free opportunities first. Daniel Benjamin's asking, uh, do you guys have any available discount codes for the InterNACHI membership? I don't know. You got anything on that? Hey, Dan, if you want to shoot me an email, I can, uh, I can respond to you through that. I can answer you a little bit better. I'll actually switch to my webcam here. So you're getting behind the scenes look now. Um, all right. Julian's asking, do you see any activity in the commercial side? I was never in commercial inspections, but we had some guys, some very qualified guys on our team that were. It's a great way to make a decent bit of money, especially if you're willing to travel for that. Some inspectors strictly focus on commercial inspections. So something to consider for sure, especially if it's going to uh, provide you one or two big opportunities every so often. Yeah, why not? All right. Brandon's asking again, with your experience, have you found social media to be the most effective or have you had success with radio and or community magazines? Very few people read print anymore. Nobody wants to read. Even when it comes to social media, very few folks want to see printed word. They, uh, they're going to want to see uh, video. Folks would rather see or just sit there and scroll and watch a video that pops up. Now you can do text on a video. That's another way to get folks to read. But um, I would lean into video as much as you can. And again, it takes a little bit of time to get comfortable with it. When I started, I would use my phone and basically do four or five takes um, of a specific video. If I was on a roof looking at a chimney where there was some spalling, something like that. And uh, it would take me four or five times before I got comfortable with it. But I finally got into a rhythm where uh, I had a nice intro. I had a nice outro. I could say things very succinct. Um, so, you know, just, you got to get comfortable with it over time and, uh, but definitely worth doing. If you're interested in stuff like podcasting, um, I know there was a gentleman that I had on uh, the podcast, the wraparound by porch podcast earlier this year. Um, he does his own podcast as well. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I've always been a audio visual kind of a geek, but, um, so for me, that's something that it's work, but it's not, uh, I enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can build an audience listening that way. And again, there's no shortage of things to talk about in our field, especially if you can communicate it in a way that's exciting. So, all right. Well, that's going to about wrap it up, guys. We got about three minutes left here. So um, I want to give a special thanks to InterNACHI for having me on here. This has been so great. I've truly enjoyed it. Um, no, I appreciate y'all's time, Brandon. Seriously, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this and found it valuable, if this is going to be available after the fact, I'd love it if you shared it with benefit from it. And again, if you guys want to do this again, 
I'd love to come on back and host another time. In the meantime, I invite you guys to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, at Inspection Dude. And uh, you can listen to the Wraparound by Porsche podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got a uh, Instagram page for that as well. So thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. AJ, AJ thank you for, uh, for moderating this entire thing. Uh, this has been fantastic, man. And um, look forward to doing this again soon. Oh, 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 oh,